2: Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's
3: fastest growing TV brand.
4: It's Purple Daily.
3: All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf via Skype with me today and uh, we're almost back to football. Myron, it feels like it's been a really, really long time since we had a football game.
5: Yeah, that Thursday Redskins game felt like it was two months ago or something. Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's been and I think it's like it was a weird game too, you know, so it almost feels like we really haven 't seen this team since Detroit, right, yeah, that was, like, that was like three months ago.
3: It was weird and it was boring, and we didn 't really take anything away because it was washington and so I feel like we 've been you know having a lot of really good conversations, but more conversations that feel like a bye week over the last few days so let's uh, let 's get right into what we think of Sunday here. The question that i 've been asking everybody all week long is if Mahomes isn 't playing then how much does this really mean? I mean, how much of a measuring stick can the Kansas City Chiefs really be if the Vikings are not facing their top-notch quarterback? What is your take on that?
5: Well, I mean, this is still a team. Uh, This is still a quarterback that has to prove he can win on the road and pressure situations. So for me, even without Mahomes, you are still going to a really difficult environment. Uh, You're going to a place where it's not like Kansas City has been this inept franchise without Mahomes. You know they put up 30 against Denver without him, and then uh, they battled Green Bay uh, down the stretch without him too. So it's it's still a test in terms of a hostile environment. It's a much lesser test, however, in terms of you're not facing maybe the greatest quarterback in the NFL. And I think everybody knows there are a lot of good teams. Good defensive teams that are going to end, end up in the playoffs. It's going to come down to quarterback play. And that's what you're not going to see. You know, if this is a high scoring game, can Kirk Cousins make that play to sort of match and duel Mahomes? But I don't think the Vikings are, are in any position to say, oh, no, Mahomes, it's not a big test. I mean, this is the first of what three out of the four next four road games. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those stretches where it can really elevate you in the playoff picture. It can also bring you right back to square one.
3: Yeah, I, you know, and, and I've been going um, sort of about this thinking – through the lens of the Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. Because when you have the amount of talent that they have and the quarterback is paid as much as the quarterback is paid and you've built this team over five years under Mike Zimmer, like this is the standard that we set for ourselves. It's like you should look through uh, this uh, team, uh, look at this team, and say, yeah, they can win the Super Bowl. Like They have enough talent, which you can only say for maybe – I don't know, 10 teams every year, right? Or or fewer than that. Yeah. And I, yep. I think the Vikings belong in that conversation as one of those. So then as we go along, it's almost frustrating when they beat a team like Washington because you're like, well, yeah, you know, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as you didn't completely botch that. Uh, But in the second half of this season, there are a number of those sort of checkmark games that you have to win in primetime. You have to win on the road that can tell us, are you a legit Super Bowl contender or are you not? And I don't expect them to be perfect through the second half of the season. But I do expect them to have half of those games won to prove that they can do it come playoff time. And this one is, is hard for me because the atmosphere is right. The opposing coach is right to learn those things. The weapons are right, but the defense is wrong and the quarterback is wrong. I mean, Matt Moore, we've been saying all week, you got to respect him and he's uh, done some great things in the NFL before. He went six and six as a starter, you know, years ago, he beat the Vikings in a game in 2009. He's. Uh, had some really amazing games for a backup quarterback who hasn't really played that many, um, but you know he's still a backup quarterback who was yeah. on the bench for a really long time and then you know is just starting to play a little bit here at the very tail end of his career. So, I mean, how am I supposed to take this, even though it has some of those other elements, and say, yeah, if they get this win, then that means that they're well on their way. I, I think it takes the shine off it quite a bit.
5: Um, yeah, I mean, anything without Mahomes takes shine off it, but anybody who watched them play the Green Bay Packers on Sunday knows that this is not a team that is laying down for anybody. I mean, on Football Outsiders in DVOA, they were 13 before they played the Packers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a team that defensively they were terrible earlier in the season, and now they're kind of hovering middle of the pack. Um, not a great defense by any means, but – uh, still a team that um, is not just gonna quit. I mean, it's not just this the detriment it maybe was earlier in the season, and they still have some of the best weapons in the league as well. You still got Kelsey and Hill and all these other pieces. But now it becomes to me, Collar, without Mahomes, w- without what this could have been, is it not just go out and get a win, yes. or is it now make a make a statement? Like, have they now entered into this ram where it's you're not playing Patrick Mahomes? you got to go out there and announce to the world that you are a legit contender. Hmm. The Redskins game was weird. Uh, You beat a solid Detroit defense, but a team that was falling apart with all the personnel moves they were making and rumors of trades. Uh, You beat a Philly team that you and I would be better cornerbacks and (laughs) safeties than what they had. Uh, And you went to New York and you beat Daniel Jones, who I think just committed a turnover while I was talking. Two turnovers, yep. Two of them. uh, (laughs) lost, Lost one of them. So the, the, the Vikings, in terms of record, they look like a team that goes, okay, you have positioned yourself. Quarterback play was great in October. NFC Offensive Player of the Month. You got Delvin Cook, who looks like an MVP. You got top five as defense. You got all the elements to your point. However, this is Kansas City on the road. Then you got to go to Dallas. You're going to play Russell Wilson in Seattle. There's still a lot to me, Kylo, that we don't know. And I, if I'm the Vikings, I'll tell you this. I would rather play Mahomes than play this team without them. Because to me, this is one of those teams where you go, it's all there. And there have been too many moments that I've witnessed where you go, that's when they struggle the most. That's when you expect them to perform, and they don't. They're wrestling with the Washington Redskins team in Minneapolis on a Thursday night where you're going, come on, you're 10 times better than this team. Yeah. After you just blew out Detroit, But this is one of those teams where I still want to see, can you put your foot on somebody's neck when they're vulnerable? Because that's what you have to do in these moments. And that's what a Super Bowl contender is capable of doing, Kyler. And and I think that, to me, is what I'm looking for. I expect you to win Sunday, but I want you to make a statement. Can you come out and say, look how much better we are than the rest of the league? We are one of those teams that people should be talking about.
3: Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I'm not sure it's the way that I would look at it. I mean, because of the place that it is, Arrowhead Stadium, which I want to ask you to rank stadiums that you would like to visit if you had never visited an NFL stadium before. Um, But uh, we'll do that a little later. Arrowhead Stadium, one of the toughest places to play, and Andy Reid, one of the best coaches. I don't look at it as you should go there and smack Kansas City in the mouth and you should shut them out because they have their backup quarterback or you should pick off Matt Moore three times or because their defense isn't that great, Kirk Cousins should throw for four touchdowns. I look at it much more as, okay, go there and get this win because you're supposed to get this win. I don't really care how it looks because it might be ugly. I, I don't know what the weather is supposed to be. I think it's actually supposed to be decent, but you never know, right? I mean, it's the, yeah. the Midwest, it's on grass, like maybe it rains or something, and, and maybe it's a, a little bit ugly. Maybe you win with Delvin only averaging 3.8 yards a carry, but you have to run them 25 or 30 times or something because that's just what was required. And if you do that, I'm, I'm good with that. If you win by a field goal in Kansas City, I, I'm good with that. I'm not going to say, oh man, this team is a fraud if they don't light up Kansas City. City's defense, or they turn the ball over a time or two if they don't play perfect, but it just won't mean as much if they win. Like, if they win either way, it just won't mean quite as much to me. If they do win 38-17 or something like that, then I'll say, hey, that was a good win, but they weren't playing Patrick Mahomes. And if they win by three, I'll say, okay, you did what you had to do you know, you sort of survive and advance through this. And now we're going to Dallas. That's where it's going to be the big hype. And, and it, it hurts me, Myron, like as soon as Patrick Mahomes went down on that QB sneak, which I've never seen anyone ever get hurt on a QB sneak before. It's a bad play,
5: boy. It was, it's a bad play. Collar. You can't run that player. It
3: is not a bad play. It's a good, <laughs> it's a great play Uh that works 90% of the time. No one ever gets hurt. Tom Brady, does it all the time. He's slow as hell. He's not that athletic and never gets hurt. And uh, Mahomes gets hurt. And as soon as that happened, it, it kind of. It took the shine off of it big time, but it also said, all right, now we're going to have to wait even longer for that real test game, and now we're going to have to look at teams that are still flawed, like Dallas and like Seattle, as tests. But I, I want to get your opinion on this. So I was looking at an article from ESPN about the toughest remaining schedules by uh, – yeah, yeah, schedule strengths, toughest remaining schedules, according to DVOA, which is the um, Football Outsiders statistic – And they have the Vikings as having the eighth most difficult schedule going forward after having the 24th ranked schedule through the first eight weeks of the season. So, I mean, even without Mahomes, that's kind of a game changer there. Uh, But I think it really tells us that our intuition about what this second half will mean, that it's going to tell us the real story, is correct.
5: Yeah, and here's another element in that, Kyler. On Sunday, uh, November 10th, after Kansas City, you're playing Dallas on the Road primetime. That's the yes. prime time yep. NBC game. You're going to Seattle after the bye week and playing at Seattle Monday Night Football. You're playing the Chargers December 15th, Sunday Night Football. And then the following week, you are hosting Green Bay at home Monday Night Football. Where have we had the most concern about Kirk Cousins throughout his career?
3: In the prime of the time, yes, right. So here we are, not just talking about a schedule that gets more difficult. We are
5: talking about four prime time games that will shape the playoff picture, that will shape where the Vikings end up uh, in that playoff picture. And, and to me, here's here's my my sense of sort of success versus failure. At this point, you're trying to get home field advantage. You're at least trying to play a game at home. Mm-hmm. You are trying to do everything in your in your power because where Sunday matters to me is I don't trust this team on the road. They obviously made their mistakes early in the season at Green Bay. Uh, they lost at Chicago. And look at what Chicago has become, sort of this pedestrian team that's not all that, and the Vikings lost there, obviously earlier in the season. So any road test to me for this team is legit, in part because you don't know where they're going to end up in the playoff picture. It's going to be such a dramatic difference for me, Kyle, if we're talking about a Minnesota team that's hosting a playoff game with a chance to advance, versus a Minnesota team that has to go to, let's say, Seattle. Uh, and they've got to win there in order to advance. Those circumstances are completely different for that franchise and Kirk Cousins. That's why I still think in that building, with a Matt Moore, who threw for, what, 270 yards against the Packers, pretty good defense. Yeah, he was good. Uh, this is this is still a team that is a threat. Not the threat they are with, with Patrick Mahomes, but still a team that, could go out there and beat the Vikings. They played Green Bay great down the stretch. They had their moments. They had their opportunities. They just couldn't pull it off. And I think the Packers are a better team than the Minnesota Vikings. So this is going to tell something, but it's really just the first chapter of a really difficult slate with a bunch of primetime games and a Kirk Cousins, who I don't care what he won in October, congratulations to him, but here is the real test as to who you're going to be as a quarterback for this franchise in the second half
3: of the season. So let me put this out there for you, because it's a great point of how far we have to go until we get to the end of the season with eight weeks left, and you never know how things could play out. I saw Matt Nagy today was referencing the Washington Nationals, like, hey, they were 19-31, and 31 and then they ended up winning the World Series. Like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. they, they've also got some good good things on that team <laughs> that helped do it. Yeah. Uh, quarterback is in the is he saying Miss Trubisky is Strasburg? Uh, or like what is he saying? I don't maybe know. Uh, yeah, maybe Juan Soto is, uh, is Trubisky. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I think that yeah, that that would be the little bit of a difference there. Is the uh, Max yeah. Scherzer Strasburg is kind of like your quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And your quarterback yeah. is bad at football. Uh, that, so that's kind of an issue. Uh, now, if it was Aaron Rodgers saying R-E-L-A-X, I might um, believe him. But <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, less believable. Uh, but if you had only these two choices, A or B, and A is the Minnesota Vikings end up 13-3 and, and winning the division and in prime position to make a run through the playoffs, or B, they disappoint their fans in the second half of the season, go nine and seven and just miss the playoffs. Which one of those is more likely in your mind?
5: Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, I will say B and and I say B because I mean the 13 win team you just described is a team that goes seven and one the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to Kansas city. You're going to Dallas. uh, You're going to Seattle. You're hosting Detroit, which there's always a weird Detroit game in the NFC North every year where you're like, there's no way they can win, and they do. You're going to a, a wounded Los Angeles Chargers team that, um, you know, who, who knows, Derwin James may be back by then. Just a weird game on the road. Then you host Green Bay and you host Chicago. Potentially hosting a Green Bay team that's playing for home field advantage and potentially on December 29th hosting a Chicago team that's trying to if not get into the playoffs, salvage a season and maybe save Matt Maggie's job long term. Like, so there are a lot of stakes in all these games and I could certainly see nine and seven squeezing into the playoffs or falling barely out of the playoffs more than 13 and three. And for me, it's not about the numbers because on paper, collar, this is a 13, 12 win team. Yeah. On paper, this is a team that certainly can play that way, but I just have to see it. Like, I, I just, When I do my national show on Sundays on ESPN Radio, there's so many guys, you know, all the guys are telling me, oh, man, look at what they did in October. You and I know and have watched all these games and going, go look at New York, Philly, Detroit, and Washington and what they've done over that stretch. Like, look at the games they played and how good or how bad they have been. Here's the real test. So I, I won't be able to say definitively until I see the next three games. Like, the next three games going into the bye week, I think we'll have a good sense as to whether or not this is a legit contender or this is a team where we go, ah, uh, maybe we uh, overhyped them a little bit during that run.
3: You know, the biggest challenge for me, Myron, is when I look at all of the numbers through eight games, which is an extremely wildly small sample size, right? I mean, yes. in, the, in the big picture of trying to analyze stuff. Eight games is pretty tough, and if you had the twenty fourth ranked schedule by football outsiders, that makes it even tougher uh, because your six wins came against six bad teams, and then your two losses came against one really good team and one eh, team that you always seem to lose to in in chicago yeah. um, but But as we go down the second half, I look at uh, comparatively all these other teams, and without Mahomes. Every one of these other teams, the Vikings are better than at this moment by a lot of statistical measures how much those statistical measures are telling the truth is where it's difficult for me because we saw the weaknesses pop up of this team early on in the season at green Bay and at Chicago. But those are the only times we've seen them. So are we going to see them pop up at different times as they go forward here? And you're basically asking the question with 13 and three or nine and seven. Are you for real? Can you beat all the teams that you are better than, which is at this moment, every team on the slate except for green Bay, or are you kind of a fraud is the question here. And with the amount of talent on this team, it's very hard for me to say, are you, you're a fraud, but I've also seen this before, right? I mean, we've seen them lose, a bunch of games in a row we've seen them go five and oh and end up missing the playoffs not too long ago under this very same coach we've seen a couple injuries and how much they can impact things uh with this team and right now they're fully healthy and and that's a huge benefit to them i think fully healthy the, the better the better play is probably nine and seven just by the numbers that going seven and one the rest of the way would be really tough but what makes it so hard is everything looks great. Your point differential, your your offense, your defense, your running game is great, your passing game is great. Your star receiver has 140 or more yards the last 3 games. Delvin Cooks in the MVP conversation. Like you are flying as high as you can fly at this moment, but I'm not sure if you're actually that strong. Or if yeah. you just ran into the right circumstances to make you look that strong. And Sunday, we won't exactly find out. But we we'll, I guess we'll get a hint. Um, it's, yeah. I, I think there's a little bit of you know covering this team and seeing them build it up the way that they have through the last few years. Through the draft and, and through players that they've been able to re-sign and keep long-term. At, like you know Harrison Smith and Everson Griffin and, and on and on and on. These superstar-level players. That's where it would be hard for me to say, man. That like they're going to collapse against these teams that I think that they're better than, yeah. you know. But but they haven't really been tested, and and it might just be the the Kirk Cousins thing um, to lose to the good teams and beat the bad teams. And, and I guess we we don't really have our answer yet.
5: No, uh, let me ask you this, Kyler. If they win Sunday, where does that rank among their best wins this year?
3: It, it's probably number one I mean isn't it right yeah right? I mean it might it, I mean son that's
5: we're talking about a team that's not going to have Patrick Mahomes and that would be their best win yeah of the year and that to me is a strong statement about the season I think the pieces are there we're both saying that but if you're going to Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes and we're saying that you win that game that's your best win of the year that says a lot so that says six and two is a great start Because it's still a numbers game getting into the playoffs, right? Yep. But in terms of your ability to contend, there's still a lot we don't know.
3: All right, let's take a quick break. I want you to make a couple of bold predictions about the second half when we return. And also, let's rank stadiums because I'm going to Kansas City, and I'm really excited about that. I've never been to Arrowhead before. I've never actually been to Kansas City before. Uh, So I am pumped to go Uh, Visit Arrowhead Stadium and and check off one of the boxes of legendary stadiums. I want to rank them. I want to get your top three must-visit NFL stadiums. When we return, Matthew
2: Collar, ESPN's Myron Metcalf, this is Purple Daily. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy north memorial health is proud to partner with the minnesota vikings as they work to make minnesota the healthiest in the league they're more than a team at north memorial health they're your family at north memorial health customers are treated like family your health family is more than a tagline it's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service that means a big smile when you walk in the door that means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible it means asking what else can we do for you North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at NorthMemorial.com family. Once again, that's NorthMemorial.com family.
3: Welcome back into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Myron Metcalf joining me. And uh, All right, I want you to rank them, Myron. Just go ahead, right off the top of your head. I'm telling you that I'm giving you X amount of dollars to visit five NFL stadiums this year. Let's assume they're all good games, all right? So you can pick them out of the NFL slate. It's all about the stadium, the atmosphere, where you're traveling to. I want to know where Arrowhead Stadium ranks on your list if I'm giving you those five stadiums to visit.
5: Okay, so I'm not just saying this for the sake of the show or because of the game. I'm saying this as someone who I've probably been to Kansas City 20 times. Um, And, like, if you count the stadium, the culture, the everything, Arrowhead is right up there at the top. I mean, you're going to Arrowhead. You're going to Kansas City first time, right? Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Never been. OK.
2: Before. Yep.
5: So Kansas City is the barbecue capital of the world. Right. Uh, when you go, you got to go. There's a whole culture of barbecue there. Mm-hmm. Gates Barbecue is the place. Uh, Arthur Bryant's is good, too. But everyone will tell you they have their favorites. But it's just sort of this amazing uh, sort of center for great barbecue and then I know that you are a history guy. I am. Yep. So if you go to the Negro League Museum. That's on the list. Yep. On Saturday. It is, it is, it is attached to the Jazz Museum. So you just go back and forth between the two. That's awesome. And it's like, I mean, that is like your day right there on Saturday, just spending a chunk of time with those two. So, I mean, just the atmosphere and knowing the culture of those fans. Arrowhead certainly, uh, right up there because that's always been a, excuse me, a wild building, a wild atmosphere. A step above Arrowhead, probably for me, and I know I'm not going in order here, Seattle. Like, the idea that, like, these guys are breaking sound records mm-hmm. and um that this is just sort of the craziest home field advantage in the NFL, I would love to see that as well, especially when they're playing well, and they have been for so long. So I think Seattle would be – Experience. I think everyone should see uh, AT and T Stadium in Dallas. Well, it's not even really in Dallas. It's like north of Dallas, and my goodness, it takes a long time to get there. But I tell you what, Kyler, it it is to see like the what Jerry built. Like it's like like imagine being in a room with Jerry Jones, and he's like, "I want to build the biggest, baddest stadium in the world," and then he does it. Right. You know, yeah. like I mean, that's the amazing thing. And you see the the jumbotron,
2: mm-hmm.
5: which is which is unlike any jumbotron in the country. They they had to bring it in in pieces and build it inside the stadium, <laughs> and and build the stadium around it. I mean, that's how big it is. Uh, so I just think Jerry Land, if you can see it, uh, that that's definitely worth your time. I'm partial to Green Bay, just being a Wisconsin guy. I always tell fans that like you don't understand the level of Green Bay's loyalty unless you've been there and you go on a Sunday morning and you go to breakfast and the guy next to you, his Bible has a Green Bay Packers cover. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like that's Green Bay, man. It's a a different, it's a different kind of vibe. And I think certainly I would love to, to, to be a part of that and just kind of see what, what that's like and you know call me cheesy number five probably new england just because you know i'm i'm jealous (laughs) you know like what is like what's it like to have a stadium full of people who know that they're going to win every year at least be in contention and just throw that in your face i'd love to see that uh and the festivities attached to it but arrowhead in terms of just the the culture the people the city, like Kansas City, is just an amazing place, and then you give them this great football team on top of it. It's sort of this merger of places. I mean, Kansas City, Missouri, but folks from that entire region embrace the Chiefs. So I, I would, I would put Arrowhead high on that list, man. What about you?
3: I, I think that uh, the one that you left off, I, I would not choose New England because uh, I don't like them very much, um, but <laughs> I would. <laughs> It's, okay. it's it's not it's not personal. It's really about the <laughs> the arrogance of the yeah. franchise, which may be personal, but um you know, you know they just have the I, the way I've been describing it to people having grown up in Buffalo about what the Patriots are is like how the Astros were for this last 2 weeks. Like that was yeah the Patriots for the last 20 years have yeah, acted uh-huh. that way. Um, just like, what? We we didn't deflate those footballs. We didn't film anything. We're not answering any questions on that. It just, you know, like yeah. that that sort of vibe. We won so we don't have to play by the same rules as everybody else, and that's annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, su- I'm sure that going to their stadium is fine, but I, I would choose probably the Superdome over that. Um, oh man you're right yeah, yeah I left sorry Saints fan yeah I, I would like to um, go there I, I haven't been and you know this year might set up for a playoff matchup potentially at the Superdome with the Vikings which uh, yeah. usually goes well for Minnesota I can't remember anything that happen wrong there for the Vikings and uh, yeah. <laughs> there there are certain teams where it's conditional like if this team is great I bet it's amazing that would be Cleveland and that would be Denver like if can you imagine when Denver had Elway and they're on the way to the Super Bowl like what that atmosphere was like I, I think that oh, would man. be amazing but Uh, The same thing for Oakland, like uh, as for the last year in Oakland, I guess. Uh, But you have those fans are crazy, potentially violent. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just (laughs) it's a wild scene there, but they're not any good for basically uh, most of my lifetime. Aside from one really bad Super Bowl performance, if they're great, I imagine that stadium being incredible.
5: Yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, those are those are the conditional ones. I mean, the one you mentioned is not conditional And that's the Saints. I mean, the Superdome is just, like, I love New Orleans, man. But those are, like, some of the most amazing people, man. Like, you think about their resilience and what they've been through with Katrina. And, like, I'm telling you, you go to New Orleans, man, and that is, like, and as someone who travels a lot, that is one of the cities where you hop in a cab and it's, like, the dude is talking to you like you're his brother or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, like, they just have that that vibe and they have such a – they're kind of the Green Bay of the South in terms of how they view the Saints, because the Saints can do no wrong in the eyes of, of their fans. And there's such a, a local attachment to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't come down there and just start mouthing off about the Saints. You know, <laughs> that's not, that, that's not going to fly well. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, that's a great one.
3: It is a uh, an interesting uh, con- i guess contrasting culture when you look at some of the NFL cities versus the Minnesota Vikings where it is uh very welcoming to opposing fans like I walk through the tailgates every week after I get off the train and then you walk by and there will be people from opposing teams with opposing jerseys on and they're just you know having a good time with everybody else and it's just it's a very Minnesota thing like maybe people close to them go oh Oh, uh, Bo Jackson! Yeah. Been a while since Bo Jackson was on your team, huh? Or yeah. something like yeah. that. But uh, once you get inside U.S. Bank Stadium, and I and I don't advocate like violent atmospheres, okay? Um, but yeah. there there is something to it when you have an edginess um, to your atmosphere that is kind of cool. Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game was, you know, dangerous yeah. with people throwing full beers, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I respect it a little because you're crazy. And there's yeah. a little bit of crazy in every sport, I guess. Um, but with once you get inside, I think in terms of your atmosphere – noise level, difficulty to play, what you're likely to see the other team do, which is to get confused and frustrated and everything else. Coaches make moves that I would never dream of coaches making when they're in U.S. Bank Stadium, I think because they can't concentrate and they screw things up all the time. It it, it really blows my mind what uh, the advantage has been for the Vikings since they built U.S. Bank Stadium. And I think if you're another fan from somewhere else – you might put it on your list just because you want to see. I think it's up there, like top three home field advantages in the NFL.
5: Yeah, I was just in a in, in Bristol for a, a, a team summit or whatever, and a number of guys out there. Hey, US Bank Stadium, pretty good, huh? Like I've heard good things. Like they, so, there's certainly a fascination with US Bank Stadium, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful stadium, and it's the thing about Minneapolis I always tell people is there are few cities where you can do so many things within the vicinity of the stadium. I mean, you can be in completely different worlds. You know, if you want to hop on a, get in a car and go down and see Prince's place, if you want to go across the river and see St. Paul, that there's so many things to do um, in the state of just in the perfect position. But yeah, a lot of people are, are interested in that stadium. And if you continue to win, It'll be an even bigger deal. And what you want, to your point, Kyler, is we say Arrowhead, we we say Superdome, and you automatically think home field advantage. You say Seattle, you say Grimmie. We don't even care about the team. I mean, the team is obviously a a major factor, but people don't think like that. They just think, I don't want my team going to Seattle in the playoffs. Right. If if you're the Vikings, that's the reputation you want to develop. Because whether or not it's real or not, you want that perception floating around the league That Minneapolis isn't the kind of place where you want to start your playoff, uh, journey. And that to me is what you got to earn.
3: All right. Let me, uh, transition a little bit here to the other part of, uh, the segment that I wanted to ask you about. The other question I had aside from stadiums. And I am very excited. And by the way, everyone has given me their barbecue suggestions. So I have like nine places where people are like, you no. have to go here. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, no, just bo- listen to my, only listen to mine. Just listen to mine. Uh, okay. I will. My body can only handle so much barbecue, but I'm going to test those limits is, it, it, <laughs> that's the plan. Um, I want you to give me give me something bold here for the second half of the season for the Vikings. Um because, you know, I feel like we've gone through everything we can go through for the first half and we've sort of picked it apart and, and looked at every part of this uh offense, defense, coaching, and so forth. Um Sage Rosenfels and I graded every position the other day. So like we we've done everything we can do. What what would be the thing that would be a I guess, surprise, if it happened in the second half of the season for the Vikings.
5: Well, uh, winning down the stretch is obviously number one. I mean, if they could compile a, you know, to me, even going six and two in your last eight games would be amazing. I'm not sold that they can do that. But I'll say this. I know there's been buzz about Dalvin Cook in the MVP race, and it it hasn't gone national yet. I mean, right now when people think of the Vikings nationally – they think Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, and they think about everyone else after that. I think Dalvin Cook will surge in the MVP race and that by week 15, it is Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson as your four mm-hmm. legit MVP candidates as the guys who have a legit chance to win that award. I think he's going to, to really play himself into that position. Nationally and, and be that guy. Uh, I also think that the storyline so far has been Kirk Cousins and that has been the, the major thing we're talking about. I think going into the bye week, it'll be the defense. I think defensively, you're going to hear a lot more about what the Vikings are capable of doing. They've got great opportunities. You're not going to see Mahomes, but you're not going to see Dak Prescott. You got a great opportunity at home to shut down whoever the Broncos put down there. I think they got some six foot nine. European power forward or something that uh, <laughs> that John Elway is throwing back there. I don't know uh, from Latvia or something, but you know you got an opportunity. I think if you're the Vikings defense to to, to really shine, I I think my negative bold prediction is they get swept by Green Bay in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My bold prediction is they win the six games before those final two, so they go into Green Bay. Two days before Christmas, uh, twelve and two. I think that's possible for sure.
3: Yeah, I, th- I possible and also bold. I think. I mean, yes. to be talking about going in um, with that many wins at that point, then you're talking about top three Super Bowl contenders, maybe. If they were that good yeah. going into those final two games. But um, we have seen Green Bay uh and their defense and how well they get after the quarterback with their front four and, and what Zadarius Smith is doing so far this year, and, and just gave the Vikings fits. And then, you know, with Chicago, that week seventeen game, it just has the classic Viking feel, the week seventeen game, as being Chicago's gonna be seven and eight or six <laughs> and nine or something. And the, okay, let's just go in, walk over this bad. Chicago team, and then it'll be you know Eddie Goldman has a big game or Khalil Mack <laughs> yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Uh, they yeah. get they get two picks from somebody, and and they end up uh, knocking the, the Vikings out. And I guess making bold predictions about this team is is kind of tough because I I wish I had a little bit better of a feel for what they really are. If you were going bold on the the bad side, you would definitely say they miss the playoffs because the Rams get super hot with Jalen Ramsey, and then Seattle beats them. So Seattle has a tiebreaker. They lose those last two divisional games. They drop one to the Lions that surprises everybody. But I just can't really see that happening. I think the boldest prediction you might be able to make is the Vikings will go into the playoffs saying, we're a little worried about our defense because huh. they have there's one number myron that really concerns me about the Vikings defense. Now they haven't been like bad by any means. I mean, you look at their overall numbers and they're pretty good. Uh but what matters in the NFL to how good you are is passing, right? I mean, I think we all yep. recognize that. And when you look right now at how they have performed against not mega star quarterbacks across the board. Stafford's playing really well, but I mean, we can't even really count Matt Ryan in the first week because it's Atlanta and they're awful. Um, the Vikings right now are 18th when it comes to quarterback rating against. You know who's right behind them is Philadelphia. Like they are basically huh. only slightly better against the pass in terms of quarterback rating against than Philadelphia, Detroit, Tampa Bay. Indianapolis, Washington. Like those are the teams they're just ahead of and they are just behind Kansas City and the New Orleans Saints. Like do we think of any Ooh. of those teams as being really good against the pass? Well, that's where the Vikings rank in terms of quarterback rating against. This has not happened in a very long time, Myron. The the last time that Mike Zimmer's defense had a quarterback rating against this bad was in 2014. It's his first year and he hasn't built up the roster yet. And since then, the last uh, four years, it's been either ranking third or fourth in the NFL in quarterback rating. Against to be 18th right now, I think is a concern when you're going to play some pretty darn good quarterbacks going down the stretch here.
5: Yeah, I mean that's that's a real that's a real number. That's definitely a scary number. I mean, you may get a break Sunday without Mahomes. Uh, Dak has been, I think, better than people. Based on the buzz, you think Dak is. Is playing, you know, he's at he's the bottom half of the league or something in every category. But I think he's he's better than people may think. He's got to comp- improve down the stretch, especially if he's trying to get that big contract. Denver might not have a quarterback. I mean, legitimately, oh no, they, they might have upgraded it, though. They might have upgraded. Yeah, they, yeah, that might be an upgrade. They may they may not even play Wildcat. They may just come out <laughs> and say, you know what, we're we're, we're just going to hike in and see what happens. You know, the, who knows? Uh, Seattle, you got to play Wilson. You've already seen Stafford. You get him at home. Uh, Philip Rivers isn't who he was, who he's been the last couple of years, largely because of the pieces around him. But I think he's aging and showing some signs of that. You got to face Aaron Rodgers and then Mitch Trubisky. So you only to me, you've got three quarterbacks in that run where you go, uh-oh, Dak Prescott, potentially Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. The other guys, eh, they don't scare me that much, right, Colin? I mean, they don't really well, make you go oh. I out. Would,
3: I would throw Stafford in there as having a great season and put up 30 points on them. So True. you know, I, I would not count him out after he's already done that. At U.S. Bank Stadium, it's harder, but he has two wins at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, so I, that's I, always a weird game. Yeah, it, definitely. I, I think that has the potential to be one of those that we overlooked and didn't talk about. Um, all let right, right, let's, let's take a break here. And when we come back the uh, game that you're most interested that is not the Vikings, and then I want to hear what you think, Myron. Who's going to win, Vikings or Chiefs? We'll be right back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North.
4: Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be you want a company like federated standing behind your business visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative federated mutual
0: insurance company it's our business to protect yours jonathan here with the score north download you can listen to score north with amazon alexa just say alexa open score north and you'll hear the soothing sounds of purple daily Mackie and judd with rami and much much more just say alexa open score north Game day temperature is going to be around 58 degrees in Kansas City this weekend for Vikings Chiefs. And Mike Zimmer, when asked about Adam Thielen's possibility of playing, he's listed as questionable right now on the game day report. He was asked whether he'll put him through a workout before deciding whether he's going to play that game. Here's what he said.
6: Uh, Well, we'll we'll probably put him through a
5: workout, yeah.
0: So then, quick follow-up. What are his chances of playing on Sunday? I have a crystal ball, but I haven't used it this week, so I don't know. We'll have to see on Sunday. So we're keeping things close to the chest. Close to the best. I guess that's what we're doing. I don't blame them, Vikings fans, do you want Adam Thielen to play or would you rather him sit another week instead of risking the injury? Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment of the first hour of Purple Daily today.
3: Okay, our final segment with Myron Metcalf of ESPN. You can catch him on ESPN Radio every Sunday morning, breaking down all of the football, so that's uh, that's always great. Um, Myron, I want to ask you about what you think the game of the week is. I have one that I think is super obvious, and I can't wait to watch this game if I can catch it, uh, maybe on stadium TVs in the press box or something, or maybe in my hotel room in Kansas City after. But then I have a low-key, potentially good game. So I, I want you to give me yours, though, first, the, the game that you are watching the most that is not Vikings-Chiefs.
5: Well, I think the obvious one is Patriots at the Ravens, right? Yep. Uh, yep. New England at Baltimore. I, I don't know. I keep reading these reports about, spying lamar jackson and if the defense is going to change anything up to to deal with him and and i'm like this is one of the greatest at least statistically defenses we have ever seen yeah in, in in new england and i don't think there's any one player that's going to dupe them but if there's one guy that i think that could in the NFL right now it's lamar jackson like if there's one guy who i think could just throw everything out the window that you'd schemed and planned for it's him so it'll be a fascinating test of this amazing defense and a guy who I think is the best playmaker in the NFL right now. It's like, wow, Kyle, like that could be disastrous. Because if they destroy Lamar Jackson and they just neutralize him and he has a terrible game, we're all going to be like, you're going to need the Avengers or somebody to come and beat these <laughs> Patriots table. right? But if like he has some success, you know, doing something maybe unexpected and ad-libbing maybe, That'll be a more fun conversation going forward, but I don't see it, man. I think they're just going to swallow him up, man, right? And then, just like everybody else, it feels that way.
3: Yeah, probably. I mean, being Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick and always seems to have a solution for every offense ever um, even yeah. going back to the Super Bowl when he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants slowing down the amazing Buffalo Bills offense and then on and on and on even to last year with the Super Bowl allowing three points to the Los Angeles Rams who were second in the NFL in scoring last year I mean that, yeah. that is their history yeah. um, but one thing I've come to really think Myron is if you're going to be a great quarterback in the league or the, the true value with really good quarterbacks is how well you can do things when everything turns to crap. Like, look at Deshaun Watson last week. The dude gets kicked in the eyeball, and he just sort of moves his face mask back to where it was supposed to be. He's got stuff leaking out of his eye as he's rolling out, and he finds his receiver for an unbelievable touchdown pass, which if he had not gotten kicked in the eye would have been incredible. And Lamar Jackson is one of those guys, and Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. Tom Brady kind of does it a different way, but even he could still make those throws that you just cannot believe really happened in real life. And if Lamar Jackson could do some of that, then he's got a chance to make things interesting especially at home and the patriots you know we haven't talked about them and their schedule either but is it imp- yeah. is it an impressive 8-0 <laughs> i mean if it wasn't the patriots wouldn't we be going they haven't played anyone they haven't played anyone um yeah. we probably would uh, now i'll give you the the subtly interesting game to me which is packers at chargers So the Packers come off this big win in KC, uh, thanks to Andy Reid deciding to punt the ball away on 4th and 3 at the 40, um, which we're going to talk with uh, Saran Petro from Kansas City later in the show uh, about that move. But... You know, can't, you know, Los Angeles fires their offensive coordinator, and every once in a while, we saw this last year with the Vikings. You see this little bit of boost, like, oh, we got rid of the guy who had no idea what he was doing, and everybody yeah. st- sort of galvanizes a little bit. And it's Philip Rivers, and I know that that's not a great home field advantage because there will be a lot of Packers fans, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. there. But Los Angeles still has a lot of talent and is kind of a, I think, a sneaky, like, very good team talent-wise, that hasn't shown up yet, and they always seem to have this thing where it'll be the second half of the season they decide, like they remember how to play football and then go 7-1 or something in the second half. So I, I think that the Packers will still win that game, but it might be better than we expect. Can I put it that way? Well, That's not very yeah, bad.
5: Well, I can see that, but to, to the stat you had earlier about the, the Vikings and uh, quarterback passer ratings for opposing teams, at home, opposing quarterbacks have registered a 114.1 passer rating against the Chargers. Those are at home games. So, you, you know, we can be talking about another perfect performance with Aaron Rodgers. But I do think, you know, I think Nick and Joey shared, Bosa shared, Defensive Player of the Week honors. I mean, there's still some playmakers on that team, but I don't know, man. I just feel like the Chargers are kind of dead in the water, especially against a team Uh, that good that's on the rise. And just, you know Aaron Rodgers isn't the kind of guy to come into that game and go, well, we're going to walk all over him. He doesn't play like that. He comes in every game, you know, playing like he's playing the best team in the league. So, Mm -hmm. And that passer rating they give up is (laughs) 114.1, man. I mean, that's – Terrible.
3: No, that's so. not good. Yeah, that's not good. Um, the other one would be Bears-Eagles, which is um, maybe two teams beating each other with pool toys. Like, just, you <laughs> yes. know, like not a real fight, but yeah. play. it's like Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid level fight. Like yeah. Not, not a real yes. fight, but maybe some tackling. Yeah. And maybe Ben Simmons jumps in and plays Peacemaker by choking a guy. That's... <laughs> That's my favorite maybe you that that is very politically worded like Yeah, he was playing uh, peacemaker. We felt that the arm around his throat was a peacemaking arm. <laughs> yeah.
5: Could he could he still breathe? I mean, then it's not really a choke, right? Like, yeah, that was fascinating.
3: Yeah, if Carl wouldn't answer that question, I guess. Uh, I don't know if anybody asked. Could you still breathe while he was choking you? <laughs> exactly. Um that, but that one that one has some intrigue because the loser is kind of out in a way, and the winner is still alive, even though bad, right?
5: Yes, yes. It's like a ladder match. I feel like that should be a ladder match where, like, there's a blue ribbon hanging at the above the ring. You know, whoever wins gets a blue ribbon at the, at the end of the game because <laughs> that's, that's all they really deserve.
3: Uh, yep. Uh, so l- let me uh, ask you then, how do you see this playing out between the Vikings and Chiefs? Let's, uh, let's wrap it for your hour there.
5: Uh, I felt this way going into Green Bay. I told people I thought it would be a close game. And I feel we're going to see another close game. I think we'll see a three-point game that the Vikings win on a Dan Bailey field goal the last second, or at least the last couple minutes. Uh, I think it, it's going to be closer than people expect. Uh, I, I just think Matt Moore can only take them so far, but, but they'll keep it close. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, 30-27. Vikings win barely.
3: Okay, I could see that. I, I feel similarly. Like I think that this game should be won by the Vikings, but Matt Moore is going to have his moments. And by Matt Moore, I mean Andy Reid. There will be times where you're like, yeah. why was that guy so wide open? What happened to you? Did you forget how to football? Like what? I mean, yeah. That happens every week against anyone who plays Andy Reid. But I look at this one as a little bit more grindy on the offensive side. Delvin Cook has to have a big day, like a 24-17 For the Vikings is is the way I look at this one. So uh, great stuff as always, Myron. We do this every Friday from 2 to 3. And, uh, of course, people can hear you on ESPN Radio on Sunday mornings and read your work at ESPN.com. Thanks, Myron. Thanks, man. All right, when we come back from 810 in Kansas City, Seren Petro will be on the phone. We will return here you listen to Purple Daily on Score North. TCL
2: is a proud sponsor of the
3: Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand.
4: It's Purple Daily.
3: Okay, welcome back to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar with you as always. If you missed any of the shows so far, our hour with Myron Metcalf, make sure you go check that out wherever you find your podcast. Just type in Purple Daily and you will find it. Now joining us on the show, Soren Petro from Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. What's going on, Soren?
6: Just getting ready for a uh, big Chiefs uh, weekend uh, over the Chiefs and uh, get uh, maybe a similar performance to what they had against the Packers, but get the win this time.
3: Okay, you called it big. I want to know how big it is there because here, a lot of people are looking at this game. Matt Moore, Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. It's Andy Reid, it's the Chiefs, it's Arrowhead Stadium. They're looking at it as a measuring stick type of game for this Minnesota Vikings team, which has won four in a row, but the four wins are against teams that have either struggled or had very poor defenses. And I know Kansas City doesn't have the best defense, but uh, I think this looks like it opportunity to win a shootout in a tough environment and prove you're something so what does it mean over there in Kansas City uh, to go against the Vikings this week you know and 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 that's
6: and that's maybe where the importance of the game gets lost uh, on the fans because so much of the conversation is about the health of Patrick Mahomes is he or is he not going to play the Chiefs Andy Reid specifically really only Andy Reid uh, fuels that fire by you know having Patrick Mahomes out there practicing I don't know how much he actually did you know cameras can roll for the first five or ten minutes, but that became the storyline. Oh, Patrick Mahomes out there. Is he going to play? I don't think there was ever any chance uh, he was going to play last week. And, frankly, I don't think he'll play this week. I think he'll do more in practice. But that's where all Chiefs fans' focus is. And I had a real fear that they would come flat because that was where all the attention was. Is Mahomes going to play? You know, in a lot of ways, he's become bigger than the whole team and was this one where it would either provide, you know, maybe cover, for a team to prepare and give a great effort against the Packers? Or would they come flat because everyone's focus, even in the organization, is on Mahomes? And in reality, after a very slow start, uh, they got things going and went toe-to-toe with the Packers with basically a third-string quarterback. So this week, I think there is a little bit more focus on the game. It's still the sidebar to whether or not Mahomes is going to play. But there's a feeling that, OK, this team can go out and win with Matt Moore. And the Vikings are a very good football team but the Chiefs have a chance to win it. So I don't know that it's a measuring stick. Chiefs fans feel like this is a good team, not, not for beating the Jags or Raiders or Lions or even a dismal Bronco team in Denver on, on a Thursday night. They got to win against the Ravens, which makes them feel like they're pretty good. So I don't think it's the same kind of measuring stick. But I think there is a feeling that, and I think there would have been more urgency had the Raiders not lost last week. Um, that That kept them a game and a half back of the Chiefs. So Chiefs fans feel like they've got a cushion here. But they definitely want to get things going in the right direction, and and there is a little bit of confidence that they can win even if they don't have Mahomes on the field.
3: So is the general feeling about Mahomes' health um, there from everyone outside of the team that you'd like to see Mahomes sit another week, another two weeks, make sure he's hundred percent because I mean, this guy is the future of your franchise. You don't want to take any risks with that knee. And we know that NFL teams like to push the envelope a little bit uh, here in Minnesota. We saw the Vikings put Sam Bradford out on the field in a game against Chicago a few years ago, where it was pretty clear that he shouldn't have been out there. And he did not play again for the Minnesota Vikings after that. Um, you do not want that situation with Patrick Mahomes, right? No,
6: you don't. And actually, I think that's where the fans are. I think there's as many people clamoring for why is this guy playing. Listen, I've probably taken as many calls from people saying don't play him the rest of the year huh. as I have from people saying you got to get him out there. I mean, uh, now those are the the extremes. The rest of it is a is a debate in the middle where reality lies of if he's ready, we want him to play. You know, for me, I think the the bigger issue. Listen, the, the Chiefs are saying that you know is the best case scenario. We really got a bullet from the medical people I've talked to. He's going to need surgery, right? You can put it off. You can brace up the knee, and you know what, braces can provide 80, 90 percent of the stability that healthy ligaments would, and he can go out there and play. But that knee's not going to be 100 percent until he gets surgery at the end of the year. Uh, Matt Stafford was one that was pointed out to me that he missed three games, came back, played. Uh, with a brace, and then had the surgery at the end of the year. And I think that's the similar kind of thing you're looking to, although I do think for the people I've talked to and, and the people that I trust who get good information that are reporting things, the game the following week at Tennessee is where he'll be back. But if I were in charge of it, I, I, I would say we can't put this guy out there till at least one of his legs is healthy. The other part yeah. is that he's had that sprained ankle, and you can't favor two legs. So I think it might be as much about getting the left ankle healthy Uh, as it is getting the knee healthy. One of the legs needs to be 100% so that you can then favor the other one. So it is a little more complex than just the knee injury because he's had that lingering ankle injury, which he uh, injured in week one and then re-injured in weeks five and six.
3: Talking with Seren Petro, 810 WHB in Kansas City. Okay, Seren, uh, Matt Moore. I love Matt Moore because he's a journeyman backup quarterback, and those guys are great, and they hang around for a reason, usually because they're the best guys and everybody loves them, but the one thing that's really unique about Matt Moore is normally when you have a journeyman backup, they come in the game, they average six yards in attempt, they play it safe, they try not to turn it over, but when you look at Matt Moore's best games for his career, this guy can air it out, he can really throw the football and we saw some of that, especially in the second half of the game against the Packers. Should Vikings fans be a little concerned because the past defense has not been quite the same for the Vikings. It has been in the past and Matt Moore, when he's hot can make things happen.
6: Yeah, I think they should, but I think it's Matt Moore as part of the whole Andy Reed passing offense, right? I think your point is a good one. He's a good, solid veteran journeyman's a great word. I think he probably even, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to get a chance to talk one-on-one with the quarterback every week. And so for the last two weeks this week, it was Matt Moore, which to me is kind of another indicator about where they're going uh, with the quarterback position. Um, and, and, you know, he's a great guy to talk to, great sense of humor. He's very self-aware. He knows he's not Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He knows where he's at in his career. He appreciates the opportunity to not only get back into the league and get a bigger check than his volunteer high school coaching position uh, was going to pay him, <laughs> uh, but also get a chance to play on an offense that's this dynamic with a coach that really gets it. And, you know, the numbers last week, 24-36, 267, two touchdowns, no INTs. You look at that and you say, wow, that's a pretty damn good performance. And I think what you look and it is, and and Matt Moore made some plays, and there are things he can do. Uh, It is a damaged offensive line. Eric Fisher is not back at practice. Last week he came back, usually an injured player for the Chiefs will practice one week, not play, practice the second week, and then go. But he was held out of yesterday's practice, so I don't think they're going to get him back at left tackle, which is something they really need. Uh, they might get their left guard back. I don't think they're going to get their right guard back. so it's still a questionable offensive line, but the ability of Andy Reid to really work to the strengths of his quarterback and all his players and really uh, I call it scheme guys high school wide open. Yeah, you know yeah. In the game in the game last week, you know you line up against the chiefs, and the Vikings will do this as well. Who don't you want to beat you? Uh, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. Those are the two guys. And he was able to, on the first touchdown, scheme Travis Kelsey so wide open that Matt Moore, with a little bit of a rush in front of him, could really just throw it up for grabs, like a punt, and let Kelsey settle under the ball and catch it. And so Matt Moore did a great job. His other touchdown pass was a shovel pass to McCole Hardman coming across, which was really kind of a variation of the same thing he did with Kelsey, and get him to where he was running in space and really had one guy to beat. They... The guy's blocked. Well, I don't want to take anything away from the other guys. But really, at the end of the day, he needed to beat one guy for the touchdown. And it ends up going as like a 32-yard touchdown pass. And in reality, it's like about a two-foot toss to (laughs) Nicole Holman. So Andy Reid does a great job of making his quarterbacks look good. And so the Chiefs are more like Alex Smith Chiefs, you know, a a quarterback that's less dynamic. I think Matt Moore is willing to go downfield more than Alex Smith, but he's not as nearly the threat with his legs and, and not as accurate as Alex Smith was in some of the short things. So, yeah, they're they're still definitely an offense to be reckoned with. Uh, they're limited in the run. LaShawn well, McCoy's got fumble problems. Uh, and so a lot's going to be on that pass offense, and I think the Vikings need to be ready. Andy Reid's not going to come out and try to pound the rock 45 times. They're going to put it in the air. Uh, at least 30 times since the past defense for the Vikings is going to need to be ready.
3: Seren, I am always fascinated by Andy Reid because he's had such a great, successful career, no Super Bowls, which everyone talks about, and he's always gotten the most out of his quarterbacks. Even You mentioned Alex Smith and what a successful Kansas City career Alex Smith had and and maybe above even his talent level because of Andy Reid and then getting the absolute most out of Patrick Mahomes. But then, last week, it's fourth and three at the KC40 and Andy Reid bafflingly chooses to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and then they run the clock out on them. And I I, I just I feel like this it's crazy that Andy Reid can be so smart and so good and so creative and so interesting offensively that everybody who plays with him succeeds. And then when it comes to the other parts of it, the game management and all that, it just seems to be this huge hole in Andy Reid's coaching ability and i'm i guess i'm surprised that it's never gotten fixed after watching last week and and just even in recent years that it's still the same problem it was in philadelphia and and I, i don't know how you guys feel about it there but it drives me crazy because i would like to see him win more with such a great career that he's had and i feel like he's holding himself back with some of the game management stuff
6: so let me ask you a question name a bad game management situation you've had with patrick mahomes
3: well, you would know better than me because you watch every right. game. Right, and it's
6: a completely unfair question to put in front of somebody who doesn't cover the team every day, right? But my point is this. You know, if I said, well, name some Andy Reid clock management problems, people would say the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb right. going down and not having urgency and needing two scores. It'd be the AFC Divisional Playoff game against the New England Patriots with Alex Smith again, down two scores and not getting down the field, taking six minutes to get down the field and score the touchdown. And And, and what I would tell you is, you can't come up with one with Patrick Mahomes. You know, people had a problem with his play call against, uh, who would it have been? I was it the, the Texans, I think it was the Texans. 32 seconds to go, one timeout, uh, two timeouts, excuse me, two timeouts, and he decides to drop back and throw the ball. Mahomes gets hit, sacked, fumbles. Uh, Texans get the ball, they punch in a touchdown, they take the lead before half, and Andy Reid's a moron for being aggressive, <laughs> mind yeah. you, uh, and going for it. And I pointed out that in another game, he had 32 seconds and one timeout, and he went down and got a game time field goal. That game was the AFC Championship game, and he had Patrick Mahomes. And nobody remembers that, right? He's somewhat a victim of his – I get what the perception is, but I don't think the perception's reality. Mm. When you when you dig in every game, when a guy wins by twenty, certainly his clock management. Well, it didn't matter there. You know, we don't necessarily give credit for what he did to win by twenty, but it doesn't matter. Then we drill down to a game, the AFC Championship game. Well, that's D. Ford's fault because he lined up off sides, which it is, but we don't shine a light on the fact that Andy Reid got down the field in 32 seconds to kick a chip shot field goal uh, to send the game into overtime against the New England Patriots. That That isn't remembered. Uh, if he had not moved the ball down the field and just lost by 14 points to the New England Patriots in that Super Bowl, nobody would mention the clock management. If he doesn't get down the field and get a touchdown to cut it to seven against the New England Patriots in the divisional game, Nobody to talk about it. The Patriots just, you know, slapped the Chiefs around and one by two touchdowns. He creates more of these close-game situations. And in my opinion, the single biggest element is with second-tier quarterbacks. Not crappy quarterbacks, right? But second, or I'd even say third-tier quarterbacks. Listen, I'm a Syracuse guy, so I don't like having to say Donovan McNabb was really a product of Andy <laughs> Reid. But Donovan McNabb was a product of Andy Reid. He was a solid quarterback, but he fell off a cliff as soon as he left. He went to Washington to play with Mike Shanahan who, by the way, was no moron. And everyone says, well, he was old. He was washed up. Well, he wasn't. He was on pace for the most yards he was ever going to have in his career with the last year with Andy Reid. And then he falls apart uh, the next year with Mike Shanahan at age 33. We know you're not over the hill at 33. There was a difference between playing for Andy Reid and playing for anyone else. And Alex Smith is the same thing. And I talked a lot that I think Andy Reid's fault was being on board with paying Alex Smith $17 million a year. Mm -hmm. They're getting almost the same thing. For 650 grand out of Matt Moore. (laughs) The cap. And those kind of things is part of the riddle. But I I believe that you will see a lot of stories written somewhere in the next two or three years about how Andy Reid has finally figured out the clock. And in reality, he hasn't figured out the clock. He has a quarterback that will take the ball 27 yards downfield for the big completion of move the chains that you have to have to score in those late time situations as opposed to run for three yards, burn nine seconds, and then have to, you know, come back and still face third and seven. on a a hurry up, which is what I watched time and time and time again with Alex Smith. The quarterbacks have to be able to take the tight windows down the field. He has that guy, and I believe everybody will say he got better, when in reality where he got better was a better guy running the show.
3: And it is a good point that you don't get a narrative like that about you unless you're in big games all the time because you won a bunch right? I mean, if you make one mistake, which a lot of coaches do, then it gets talked about forever because it was on national TV and everybody saw it. It does remind me a little bit of the Mike Zimmer only wants to run the ball narrative. Like, no, I don't think he only wants to run the ball. I think that they were up by three scores against Atlanta and decided to just run the clock out and make things easy on themselves. And then over the last four weeks, people just haven't mentioned it because they've been throwing it uh, a lot and, and, having that explosiveness. So that's, that's an interesting Listen, point in about pre- Andy Reid. Yeah. In previous
6: years where Andy Reid has had Alex Smith and, Jonathan McNabb and even one with guys like AJ Feely and Kevin Cobb, it made the league think. Listen, we got people in town that say, well, they got to sign Matt Moore to a multi year deal. We got to have him here at the back of them. I'm like, you don't. Andy Reid will make anybody right. look good. Do what the Patriots do. Sign $650,000 quarterbacks. Hope for the best. And in the worst case scenario, your, your, your head coach will scheme offense for you. He has taken consistently a knife into a gunfight and won a lot. Mm -hmm. Last week against the Packers, he took a spoon into a (laughs) gunfight and had the Chiefs in range of winning the game against the Green Bay Packers. And so I think I get the narrative. And listen, he should have gone for it on fourth down. I think if he had it to do again, he would have gone for it on fourth down. I think he wants to believe. And that's that's one of the things I think Viking fans will see this week. The Chiefs are better defensively. Their blitz schemes are coming around. Their secondary has been surprisingly good. Uh, their young defensive tackles are starting to create some problems for other teams' running games. So they are a better defensive football team. Uh, I would say I would urge people to look at what they've done the last two weeks as opposed to what their overall numbers are because they're finally starting to get in a rhythm with first-year defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. But I think Reed would to do it over again, would, would go for it on mm-hmm. fourth down. But he didn't last week, and he was wrong for not doing it.
3: All right, Seren, before we wrap up, well, how do you think this one plays out? Do you expect Kansas City to win?
6: I, I think this one's kind of a coin flip. I think they've got a better chance in this one than they did against the Packers, just because of the uh, consistency they've now got with Matt Moore. Uh, I also think that uh, you know he'll probably—I'm surprised—he hasn't turned it over yet. There's probably a pick in there because he's not the most accurate. There's a lot of weaponry on that Chiefs offense. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid will scheme Tyree Kill and or Travis Kelsey or Sammy Watkins wide open a couple of times. They will burn this Vikings defense and get a couple of big plays. If they get a special teams or defensive score, they absolutely win. If they don't, I think it's a field goal game either way. And for that, what the hell, I'll take the home team. She kicked kick the field goal at the buzzer to get the win, I'll
3: take the Chiefs. <laughs> there you go. Andy Reid manages the clock perfectly, sets up Kansas City for the game-winning field goal. I could see it. There you go. Uh, all right, Soren. I well, like that. I, I appreciate your time. You do a great job, man. And uh, thanks for coming on.
6: Matthew, you're the man. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it.
3: Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Soren Petro, S-O-R-E-N-P-E-T-R-O, from Sports Radio 810. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North.
5: I think pressure obviously voids zones. So if you're in a 3-D, 4-under coverage and you're not pressuring, you're only bringing four, and then you bring a fifth, now you're 3-D, 3-under. You bring six, you're 3-D, 2-under. So I think voided zones open up throwing lanes.
3: Cousins for the end zone.
6: Is it caught? Yes, and what a catch by Adam Thielen, and what a throw by
5: Kirk Cousins. Obviously the key is you got to be able to pick up those pressures and give, give yourself the ability to get the ball out of your hand. I think it's a great testament to protection, to align to our scheme, to the plan, so that when they do pressure, it can be picked up. Obviously, if they're bringing more than we can block or they're overloaded to a side, then I've got to get rid of the football. And so just being aware of those moments. Play action. Cousins to the end zone. It is Diggs. This third touchdown today.
4: Welcome back to Purple Daily. It's Matthew Collar. No, it's not Geez Matt, you sound different. We're hijacking the damn show. It's Mackie and Judd on Purple Daily because Collar is traveling to Kansas City and that means what we go what we say goes here, Jonathan Harrison, if we want to talk about the Packers or the Bears. No, we're gonna talk Vikings. Yeah. And we're gonna bring hot routes into the show as well. We're gonna hijack hot routes. But the news this hour You can't really hijack it. You can try to, but it's gonna resist and (laughs) beat you off. It will. And escape, (laughs) by the way. Uh the news this hour here, Pat Mahomes listed as questionable, Adam Thielen listed as questionable going into Sunday's game. So you know, I do think this is you know, the Vikings have probably been preparing for Matt Moore and or Pat Mahomes and the scheme. <laughs>
7: it's a but, wide variance of
4: yeah. preparation. But this would be this would be mildly annoying if you're Mike Zimmer and company and you're trying to figure out all right, is the best quarterback in the NFL gonna play or not on Sunday? I hope he plays because I want to see the Vikings get the biggest and best test that they possibly can. But do you think Pat Mahomes actually plays on Sunday?
7: No, I don't. In fact, I, I saw that uh, there was some reports out of Kansas City today during the practice that he continues to run behind Matt Moore, basically. Here's the problem. Is his skill set, If so he's got a bad knee and a bad ankle, right? His skill set then is so diminished. And why take that chance, too? If you're the Chiefs, yeah. you'd like him to play, And if he was an immobile quarterback who stood back there and slung the pigskin all over the football field with just a great arm and that was it, you might be like, okay, if we can protect him, it's fine. But if you think about what he does well... On a bad knee and bad ankle, yeah. I think you. I think we see the same guy that we saw on that fateful night in Carolina in 2009, Phil Mackey. I think we get more Matt Moore.
4: Yeah, I think it, 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 I, I agree with you. If I if I'm putting money on it, Pat Mahomes does not play in this game. But if you're Kansas City and you can run him out there a couple times in practice and at least make him questionable, so the oh, Vikings have absolutely. to sweat it, absolutely. And uh, maybe they maybe they uh, prep incorrectly or something, but. I think the number one reason I would, I would choose to rest him if I'm Kansas City is you are so much better than everybody else in your division. Denver's cooked. The Chargers are three and five. I know the Raiders have been playing better, but uh, they're three and him. four. I'm not worried about them. They're not going to, yeah. I saw them play. I'm not concerned about the Oakland Raiders. Like, even if you go 10 and six in this division, Oakland's not going seven and two the rest of the way. So you just, just, you're going to win your division with 10 or 11 wins, and, and you can have Pat Mahomes back and healthy at the end of the year. I got so. a
7: geeky, geeky, geeky football question for, for you that, that I actually asked Collard today as he drove uh, to Kansas City on Ventline as well. Are you as excited as I am to watch the the matchup, not of the actual players themselves, but the schemes of Andy Reid, savvy, an offensive-minded guy who's adjusted, used to be West Coast. Now he's West Coast still, but now he's sort of incorporated all these things.
4: He's the, he's the least-looking West Coast, West Coast guy, by the way. In yes, terms of- <laughs> but now he's sort of West Coast, East Coast, all those
7: things yeah. against Zim, who also old-school football coach, but also has adapted, adjusted. I think that the coaching matchup in this game, to me, as a pure football geek, is going to be so much fun.
4: Yeah, it it will. I, I love Andy Reid just because... He's just, he he is, and we'll talk more about this too, a uh, cheap plug on uh, Mackie and Jeb with Romney later on, but I feel like teams are so locked into trying to find the Sean McVay types, right? There's like, in that whole prototype, you want to find a guy who's maybe even in his 30s, like Sean McVay's the youngest coach in history or in a long time, uh, and Andy Reid and Mike Zimmer are sort of the anti-new wave of coaches. They're both... They're both older. They're both... Well, how old Andy Reid now? He's got to be 60s. Yeah, I think he's right? 61-ish. I mean, Mike Zimmer's older than Andy Reid. Yeah, by a couple of years, right? Yep. are um, very close. Zimmer's like 65, I want to say. 64, 65, somewhere in there. Or 63. So they're both older. Um, I think if they were both just... If, if they didn't have track records at this point, if they were... Let's say they were coordinators. Like, they wouldn't get a sniff because they're too old and they're just... They're too antiquated. But... Andy Reid, you could make a case. Andy Reid is one of the two or three greatest football coaches to never win a Super Bowl, ever. And I actually, at some point, yeah. I root for him to win a Super Bowl just to validate his career. But he's changed, too.
7: That's the, the, He's adapted. The reason why guys get fired and don't come back is because their premise on life is, well, well, my system works. It's like, actually, it doesn't now. Yeah, he's used to work. He's changed things huge. But so has Mike. Z- Zimmer's thing that impresses me is, he adapts and changes, and it's probably smaller things, but if a team picks up on on his defensive approach, he changes it. This is why I am really, I, I think, behind the scenes, I think that Xavier Rhodes, I don't know if, if he's going to play less or what, but you can't tell me that after that Washington game that Mike sat down and watched films like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Now, he defended him. It, it's his guy. That's his player. Completely get that. But there's no way... That a guy who has changed things continually watched his old pal, Case Keenum, essentially attack uh, Xavier Rhodes throughout the course of that game and said, We don't need to change a thing here. Yeah. There's no way he said
4: that. And Andy Reed Andy Reid's head coaching career started in the nineties. Think about that. 1999 was yeah. his first year in Philadelphia. Yeah. And he was obviously with Philadelphia for like, for 14 or 15 years. But I just went through Andy Reid has coached 13 top 10 scoring offenses in his career. Mm hmm. And only, let's see, going back to 1999, only twice in his career as a head coach have either the Eagles or the Chiefs been in the bottom 10 in points scored offensively. I mean, not even, like, think about that. You've been coaching for 21. This is his 21st season in the NFL. And you can't even pick out, like, four or five, or, right. man, you just got to, you got a backup quarterback, like Kevin Cobb's your quarterback, and you're going to be a bottom 10 offense. Yep. No, through, I would say, through probably three different iterations of, NFL offenses over that stretch, in terms of where the league was in '99 to where it was in 2009 or '10 to where it is now, and he has been able to stay at the top of that mountain. So even if it's if it's not uh, if it's Matt Moore that starts this game, and you're not playing against the best quarterback in the NFL, Andy Reid and the scheme and the players are good enough to make this a good test. Matt Moore for the Vikings. played well. Yeah,
7: the Packers aren't bad. They're they're pretty good, and and defensively now they're certainly respectable. Matt Moore looked good. That's not just Matt Moore. It's not just hey I'm. <laughs> I'm Matt Moore. Still got my fastball. You were coaching high school football a year ago. Right.
4: Right. So, um, so that's Sunday. And by the way, Vikings Ventline, you can find with Judd and Rami is going to make his second appearance on post game Vikings Ventline this Sunday right after the game is over. And you can find Vikings Ventline anywhere you find podcasts. The Score North app is a great place to start or Apple or Spotify. But I want to clear the, clear the room here because we've got, we got hot routes to get to. So let's squeeze in our last break of the hour here. So we can clear the deck entirely for some hot routes. Okay. Got a couple Vikings-related things for you. This is my first time running hot routes. I've so not I, seen them, now. I, I'm ordinarily
7: very prepped. Check your email. I think I'm, I emailed them to you. Yeah, oh, you emailed did? them? Like oh, I guess I did not check that out. Yeah, minutes ago. I've like, been working on a like hard-hitting Zolgad column. I've oh. okay? <laughs> been working on a hard-hitting Zolgad Vikings column.
4: What's the headline going to be?
0: Zolgad, colon.
7: Yeah, that's accurate so far. Hold on a second here. Serious contender, question mark? Next three games will tell us plenty about Vikings.
4: Yes. Ooh. Yes, classic Zolget headline right time. there.
7: It's just football time, okay.
4: Uh, this is the Mackie and Judd with Rami pregame show today. It's uh, it's Mackie and Judd taking over Purple Daily with Collar on his way to Kansas City for the weekend. Hot routes coming up next.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download for this hour. Listen to Score North with Amazon Alexa. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you'll hear the soothing sounds of Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd with Rami, and much, much more. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and the injury reports are coming out. We're still waiting for the Vikings' final one of the week. Adam Thielen listed as questionable, listed listed as a limited participant in practice Wednesday and Thursday. The Chiefs have... Sent out their one for the week. Limited participant Patrick Mahomes all week. Questionable listed for game statuses. Patrick Mahomes and asked earlier this week. Mike Zimmer said this about preparing for two QBs.
2: Well, it's a challenge. Obviously, uh, you have
6: you have you'll have calls based on their offense uh, that, that you feel good about, and then you're going to have other calls based on that quarterback, other calls based on this quarterback. So you kind of put together your base plan, and then you have plans for, you know, if he plays and if he doesn't
0: play. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Caller
5: has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants
0: your answers.
2: Three! Red, red, red! Red poly! Blue poncho!
0: <laughs> In rapid fire fashion. Gun
2: flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke.
5: It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 580! 397!
4: so happy right now. This is like the most excited I've been all year.
0: Wow. Hosting Hot Rods. Hot Rods. Hot routes is fantastic. You know, <laughs> launching a new brand. Rick. Yeah, that was top five. Rick, Getting you got married. Rick's got a yeah, com- hasn't happened yet. Tell Rick it's to calm down. Happen, but tell posting hot Tell <laughs> Spielman. List. Tell Spielman
4: to calm down. Rick, calm down. All right, gentlemen. You're only six and two. I have five questions here. Collar's on his way to Kansas City, so it's Mackie and Judd taking over Purple Daily. It's the Mackie and Judd with Rami pregame show today.
0: Rami just didn't get the message.
4: Nope. I don't know where Rami is, down the hallway somewhere. Somewhere. He wasn't invited though. But we're going to make him feel guilty when he joins the show in like 20 minutes. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, here we go. Question number one of Hot Routes. Let me find it. (laughs) I was going to say, I I now have it right here since
7: you told me you sent us the question.
4: So Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid made headlines this week by squaring off on the court. Fist to cuffs in Philadelphia earlier this week, right? Which Vikings player would you least want to mess with in a fight? let start with Joe. We'll go around the room. Judge Jonathan and I'll go last. Well, I
7: think my decision definitely has to come down to two position groups. And they both play the line, offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah,
4: they'll put a thumb in it, your eye. Well, it's not
7: just, yeah, it's not just because they're <laughs> big, too. but I think they're mean. I think they're genuinely mean people.
4: Yeah, they'll do anything. Well, they're mean on the field, but they're nicer off the field usually.
7: Yeah, but I mean, consider Boone on the field, like that nicer thing, he would have still annihilated you and killed you probably if he could have. Yeah. So I, you know who I'm going to go with because he, I think he could just absolutely tear me apart limb from limb. Linval Joseph. Wow. Really? He also... Didn't okay. he get shot one time?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that like was his first thing here.
7: Poor guy was sitting yeah. in the bar or something got shot. But anyway, I think Linval Joseph. I go back to the sunglasses, the oxygen that was not working but looked good in Philadelphia.
0: I'm going Linval. Okay. I'm going with the guy who just doesn't have a single ounce of fat on his body, Daniil Hunter. Okay. I do not want to mess with that guy. Because one, if I chicken out, which is probably likely... I can't run away from him because he's too fast. He'll catch me and just tear me apart. But two, if I do stick in the fight, he's just built to—they don't catch you, Jonathan.
7: They don't catch you.
0: You wouldn't escape any of them. No. They're professional athletes. You know who I think it would be, be a dead. sneaky one though. Stefan Diggs. I think he's got a bit of scrap to him.
4: It doesn't worry me. Yeah, I, I mean, doesn't. I'm not saying. Listen, first of all, any of these guys would kick my ass yeah, in the fight. So, for sure. so, but I, but I think. I think if I have to choose between Stefan Diggs and, like, ten other guys on the roster, I'll take my chances with Stefan Diggs. Really? Size-wise. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, any offensive lineman would end my life within 13 seconds. For sure. And there's a few defensive linemen, so Daniil Hunter's one of them. Daniil Hunter, if I, if I could tweak this question to be, which one would look the most menacing in an octagon? If you had no idea what their background was, and yes. you're just like, you flipped on UFC... And there's Daniil Hunter standing in an octagon, just ready to rumble. You'd be like, okay, that guy is like fifteen and two. This guy's
0: winning every yeah. single fight.
4: But the other guy, and this is who I would pick, because sometimes this guy gets a little look in his eye and you're wondering, Oh my god, is he gonna what's he is gonna everything do? Everything all there? Everson Griffin. Oh yes. yeah. So all
7: defensive linemen. I agree. He also yeah. he's
4: got the physique. He also has I think he might even have some of the the fighting tools that you would need to like I I, I could see Everson Griffin like dominating uh, a boxing class or something.
0: Where would Harrison Smith rank on this? Is he pretty high up there or no? I feel like Harrison Smith could take a pummeling. I don't
4: know. He doesn't really scare me. Listen, again, he'd (laughs) kick my ass. Like The question is, which one would you least want to mess with in a fight? Who would would you run a fight? (laughs) Name the Viking you run a
7: fight. I'm going Thielen.
4: Okay, if the fight has rules, rules, Dan Bailey. If the fight has no rules, I'm afraid where he might kick me. Otherwise, Dan (laughs) Bailey would be number one. You'd fight Adam Thielen? I'd take Thielen, yeah. You think you could... I don't
7: think could I could take, take him, but I think I could survive it.
4: I'd lose. You could survive it. I'd, <laughs> I'd lose, but I'd wake up. I'm just thinking, who would lose I wake up, up from up.
7: the beating I took, and who wouldn't I wake up? Actually, and Thielen, you not know think I'd wake up.
4: I got another one, even maybe higher than Thielen. Again, I'm not saying that I would destroy this guy, but I don't think he's got it in him to destroy me. Kirk Cousins. That's what Jonathan
7: just said. Her cousin.
4: Oh, you said that. Sorry.
7: Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah.
4: Football. Okay. All right. Hot route number two here. Carlos Beltran in the last hour was just announced as the new uh, Mets manager. Carlos Beltran, Mets manager. Okay. Beltran played for the Mets for parts of seven seasons. Which former Viking would you trust the most to to be head coach of the team? So you got a former Met becoming the Mets manager. Which former Viking would you most trust to be Vikings head coach? I'll give you mine to start with if you want. Okay, sure. I need a smart... I feel like backup quarterbacks always have a pretty good lay of the land, right? They uh, they watch a lot of film. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're constantly sort of studying the flow of offense, and we want an offensive-minded guy. I would say, and, and I'd like a guy who's been around the block. I don't want just a one-system guy, a guy who's been in multiple systems and can pick and choose. I'm going to say Brad Johnson would be mine.
0: That's a good
7: one. All right. Uh, I will stay in the quarterback family. And I'm going in this direction because he'd bring all his friends, in and it would be so great. And I don't care if we win games or not. I, gunslinger, I got I gotta go far. Yeah, I yep. just you know I gotta go far. It'd <laughs> Those be so much fun. press conferences would be so long. Did, uh, did we mess up? Did <laughs> John throw a TD he shouldn't have? I don't know. I didn't know. If, don't know if I mean he audible.
4: He audible to play. Did was I mean to throw
7: that challenge flag? Was the interception bad? I don't know. Am I going out drinking okay, after the Brett game? I Farr, quit drinking?
4: Brett Favre trying to manage the challenge flag system oh, would be goodness. amazing, right? <laughs> would it be great? He'd always just have a little just grin on his face. It. He'd like he'd like throw it at the ass of officials too. He'd and just f- look at the official he,
0: like, "You really not going to give me that?"
4: Yeah. Actually, you know
7: what? He'd throw the challenge flag and and then when a guy bent down to get it, he'd slap
0: him right in the butt. Yeah, I think uh, he's heart. not throwing it at the the ref nearest him though. He's throwing it at the ref across the field just to show off his arm. And, it's still there, and <laughs> the flag makes it. Yes,
4: <laughs> it hits the ref right in the head. So Brad Johnson, Brett Favre, and who do you we got? We all John?
0: went with quarterbacks. I went with another starting one. He was only here for like a year and a half. Sam Bradford, smart QB, seems to have the leadership skills. Seems to have guys who like him. But he also played in a couple different systems throughout his career. I'm going to take Sam Bradford here. Okay.
4: Sam Bradford, huh? Okay, dumb question. Is, is he still a, <laughs> is he a backup somewhere right now? No, he's, he's just football. He's retired. That was Did it. he
0: retire or is he just jobless? I think he might have retired, just because it didn't. Go I don't well know if he Arizona. officially retired or not, but I think he's cooked. I think his yeah. body's yeah. cooked. His knees. Interesting. Okay, how he much money
4: would up? you guys guess Sam Bradford made in his NFL career?
0: Oh, the first contract alone. Oh, he's only thirty-one years old. The first contract alone. 100. The first contract was like what? 70? Yeah, because it was it was pre-rookie contracts. Oh my god, I just pulled it up. It's like 150? Yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta be like 170 or something. It's
4: 130. Oh. 130 million dollars for Sam Bradford. I'd be
0: retired too. Yeah, I'd never come out of retirement.
4: Yeah, there's no reason for him at this point. No. None. Okay. Football.
0: Goodness. All right,
4: hot route question number three here. I'm gonna keep tying in other sports and leading to a football question here. Steph Curry, it was announced with hand surgery. Going to be out at least three months, and now there's talk about the Warriors, how they should just tank at this they point. They should. This is a great idea. Durant's gone. It's San Antonio-like. Out. It is. It's Colts-like. It is. It would be the smart move. Yes, just, just tank. Be the worst team. Get like the second overall You're pick. You're
0: in a new building. Who cares? Correct. Trade D'Angelo fan- Russell to, fans to the team would- that actually wanted him.
4: Yeah, that, that might be in play, actually, at some point. But I think... If you're if you're those fans too, wouldn't you sort of embrace it? Say, all right, this yes. is actually a great opportunity to load up for a three year run now. Yes. So here's my question: Gift. Which NFL team currently not actively tanking? So Dolphins. I'm not counting the Dolphins.
7: There's like three of these left, by the <laughs> way. <laughs>
4: That, are, that, are, that are
7: currently not tanking. <laughs> but are kind of tanking. It feels like the league is just, well, like, this is a huge tank here.
4: Like the Jets aren't tanking, but they're 1-6. Yeah, so I'm saying which yeah, NFL yeah. team that isn't currently tanking
7: should consider tanking? This one is so simple. And this team actually traded its first round draft pick to the Dolphins. and It makes no sense. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers should yeah. be tanking. Like you don't have a quarterback. What do you have? I, I believe they're 3-4, and four, but they just beat Miami, so who cares, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers, to me, are the poster child for give it up. Mm-hmm. It's 2019, and smart teams across the board are like, okay, we're, we're just done. We're, if you're the Steelers, you've been good for how long? You're always pretty damn good, right? So There's,
4: again, a, there's a pride there, though, I think. No, I know, in, but, in but that's, Pittsburgh, a, right? but I mean, that's been, a dumb pride. We've been formidable since the 60s, basically. Yeah, we don't you think it's a get dumb blue pride? Blue-collar city.
0: Give it up. Yeah. Steelers. I learned, I went with an, with a team in the NFC North. I went with the Bears, but not because I think they should go after a quarterback. They should go after the guy who just entered the Heisman favorite or the Heisman race, Chase Young, defensive lineman oh. from Ohio State. He's yeah. got thirteen and a half sacks through three game or through eight games. You put him on the defense with Akeem Hicks and yeah. Kali, Khalil Mack. Yeah. Doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You're gonna win every single game. So, I'm yeah.
4: not even gonna just I'm not even gonna do the normal thing in hot routes where you pick a different answer. I agree with Jonathan. It's not too late for the Bears. It's th- think about where the Bears are at right now. Yeah. I know it's a hard reality because you were so good last year, mm-hmm. and you got a win-now defense, and you're sitting here and you had high expectations going in. You're 3-4, and four, but you are cooked in the NFC. Right now, the NFC, I mean, the playoff picture is kind of mud- is, is muddied and muddled, mm-hmm. but the Bears are not part of it. So if you do just a full self-awareness, self-evaluation, you are not making the playoffs, and you don't have a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're three and four. Just finish four and twelve, and go find your next quarterback with a top ten pick. Oh, so would that not, make the most sense? You're not doing his plan. Then you're, you're drafting quarterback. Well, I'm drafting a quarterback, but I could also see it Jonathan's okay. way. Like, just you're done. You're cooked. Give yourself still be the high best enough shot. in
0: the second round that you can still get a decent quarterback.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with what Jonathan said. Just yeah. get a stud player. I like yeah. it. Add it to the mix, but there's no don't way. We'll we'll, spring this upon him when he comes in in like five minutes. (laughs) Football. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hot Routes question number four here, okay? So the news came out today. Joe Flacco's on injured reserve with the neck injury, and he's out for the season now. So that's another veteran quarterback of that era that is on the shelf either with injury or just benched like Eli Manning. So here's my question sort of about that era of quarterbacks. How many current active quarterbacks in the NFL are Hall of Fame bound? And by active, I mean like Flacco's active. So guys who are still okay. in the league, they don't have to be on an active game day roster. But like Ben Roethlisberger's out, but he counts in this discussion. Okay. How many current quarterbacks are Hall of Fame bound? Roethlisberger is, I believe. Yep. Um, I be-
0: Brady
7: Breeze I- Rodgers. I believe that uh, Philip Rivers is a dark horse, but I think he might be. I had him in the possibly category. Brady, I, I
4: don't think he gets there just because of all the other guys in the
7: Brady, area. Breeze, Rogers. Are, are we going down the list of guys like projecting Mahomes at this yeah. point in
4: time? I, I have eight, okay, including like. Would you guys put Matt Ryan in? No, look at his numbers. No, no I would not. Okay. Philip Rivers is in before Matt Ryan for me, okay. and Philip. I would not, Rivers but, not not but not I in. might be wrong too. Tony Romo is in before Matt Ryan for me, and but that's a whole gonna, other discussion. He's not, he's not active. active. You're not getting it. So I got Brady, Breeze, Rogers. Yep, Big Ben gets in. I think Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I know it's super early, but I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm very 50-50 on this. I would lean toward no. But if the question is who gets in, Eli Manning. Two Super Bowls. I think he gets some in two Super numbers. Bowls
0: and he's in New York his entire career. Yeah. I think that gets you in. Does he
4: deserve to be in?
0: I don't think he deserves to that be in. That but... debate would
4: be... I'd love to hear someday that debate. He's... Actually, they, they did this on Get Up a couple
0: weeks ago. And I'm ago,
7: on like, the fence here. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I just like to hear
4: the debate. There was a couple guys who played against him. Ryan Clark was one of them and said, flat out, he was easy to game plan against. And we knew that he was going to throw us like three <laughs> interceptable balls. And we looked forward to game planning against him. But he also got hot at the right time and put up numbers and won two Super Bowls. So so what, the point on Get Up was he can be easy to game plan against and he can be something other than one of the top 3 or 4 quarterbacks in any given time but also like he doesn't have to give back the 07 playoff run or the 2011 playoff run or any of the passing yards that he's thrown for so
7: but is is he considering the era in which he played and the statistics that he accumulated because of the era is he a great quarterback or just a very good quarterback
4: he's a very good quarterback he's Matt Ryan or Philip Rivers or Tony Romo that Put a jet pack on in December yeah. and January yeah, twice no, and won I a Super Bowl. I think if Bowl.
0: he doesn't have the two Super Bowl rings and didn't play in New York, I think he's Hall of Very Good, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I would like to, to draw
7: a quarterback line with this class that's going to come up here eventually, very much like the voters did with the wide receiver class, going back to, okay, you are really good, but the rules were skewed so for you that it's going to be tougher. Randy Moss absolutely walks in. But there, there were a lot of those guys who either didn't get in or had to wait a long time because they did essentially say the rules were so skewed towards you that we're not going to just continue to put your position in there. And, and I think quarterback has to have, be the same discussion.
4: Don't you? Yeah. yeah. it's uh, If you look right now at any of the the wide receiver or the quarterback list, like the all-time list, it's amazing. Like right, right now, so the all-time, let's go passing yards, career passing yard leaders. And you're going to see guys who you think in your mind are like Mount Rushmore caliber quarterbacks. Getting So John Elway is ninth on the all-time yardage list. Guys above him, Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger above him. Matt Ryan's going to pass John Elway. Uh, If you go further down, Matthew Stafford just passed Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas on the all-time passer list. Joe Flacco is 22nd in all-time passing yards, 22nd in all-time, ahead of... Boomer Esiason, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Kurt Warner. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, right? Alex Smith, by the way, is 33rd on the all-time career passing yards list ahead of Steve Young, Troy Aikman, and Kurt Warner. Which
0: is totally skewed. It's the era and then just how long these guys are playing. We haven't, sure. We've never seen guys play this far into their their yeah. age. I mean, when's the last time you remember a quarterback playing into age 42 like Tom Brady is? George Blana. <laughs> Brett Favre but yeah could I play like, still Just Absolutely. Those, those guys are the outliers the videos by the football. way football due to
4: uh, time constraints that'll be the end of Hot Routes because we only have like a minute left here and then we're going to get to Mackie and Joe with Rami
7: <laughs> this is a TV show we no, now fast another one. forward had, through Hot Routes
4: <laughs> due to time constraints now coming up next but like if you look at wi- the wide receiver yardage list all time and there's has guy like Jason Witten is 21st all time I mean, J.C. Witten probably gets in. He might get into the Hall of Fame as a, as a pass-catching player. Probably not end. as a broadcaster. No, probably not. <laughs> the broadcasting thing, probably. Although
7: your guy is going to go in broadcaster. Which one? Tony, Tony Romo. Yeah. He might yeah. make it as a broadcaster.
4: He was an amazing quarterback. He's a better broadcaster. Way better broadcaster. Yeah. yeah. I love Tony.
7: Multiple so Super Bowls if an analyst translates to the quarterback position.
4: Where does Tony Romo rank two on the all-time great product endorsement list?
7: Oh, Jim, I don't know. He's just fantastic, Jim. He looks, but like you watch these Corona ads. Corona, he's got Corona. He's got Skechers. Smiling. It's like a natural Skechers man. He's always comfortable,
4: just hanging out on the beach in his Skechers, drinking Corona, going Pretty through much airport doing what security, we all do. getting harassed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's the end of Purple Daily. That's right. We just hijacked Purple Daily because Kyler's on his way to Kansas City, and uh, you can find anything you missed all week long, including Alex Boone, Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin. All of Collar's guests, Purple Daily on the North app, Apple, Spotify, you name it. All right, when we come back, more on Pat Mahomes and Adam Thielen. And also, uh, we'll dive into a little uh, game day update. We'll talk to our friend from Jason Fitz in about an hour from now.